Well, hello and welcome to A View from the Top. I'm Adrian Cropley. A View from the Top is a regular podcast from the Centre for Strategic Communication Excellence, where I get to interview some of the world's leading communication professionals as we explore their career journey. And today I'm really fortunate to have Mary Hills in town here in Melbourne, um, enjoying the sunshine and the warm weather, I hope. Uh, Mary Hills is a fellow for RSA and also an IABC fellow, Six Sigma professional and ABC. She's the business principal for business marketing and communication consulting for companies seeking innovative product development and or local global market development coupled with forecasting market performance. And that's quite a mouthful. She's also an adjunct faculty for Loyola University in Chicago, teaching in Masters of Global Strategic Communication. She also works with Keller Graduate School of Management, teaching out, teaching part of their MBA program. I'm proud to have Mary also working with the faculty here with the Centre for Strategic Communication Excellence and also have her business, Hyman Hills, as a partner for the centre, who's currently doing some research with us. Welcome to Melbourne, Mary. It's great to have you here. Great to be here. I love the weather after leaving Chicago. Uh, windy and cold, so I'm hoping I can bring some of this warmth back there. So it's not a myth that Chicago is the windy city. It is a windy city, <laughs> and it really is get cold in the winter. So this is a nice break. Oh, well, welcome to the warm weather. Um, Mary, it was great just to catch up with you and have a, a, a bit of a chat about your career. And, and how did your career start? And I'm going way, well, not too way back, but a little ways <laughs> back to when you were in... Uh, uh, school, university, what is it that you studied? What got you into communication in the, the first place? Or was it kind of that left of left of field, uh, don't know what I might do when I grow up kind of thing? <laughs> well, it, it was not left of field, I guess, to a certain degree. Um, I actually, you know, had identified quite early, probably what, uh, in middle school and even high school, that um, I had an interest in law. And uh, and to kind of build on the back of that was this interest in, in business management. So after I got all of my science and math requirements in, in high school, I, I was able to take a left electives in business management and business law. And, of course, because we went so far back in time, this would have been a time that, um, you know, there were not necessarily necessarily a lot of females in those courses. So I had some early training uh, in, in how, how to be, you know, participating and engaging in a field that, that quite uh, traditionally was, was male. Yeah. So uh, as I went into higher ed and I did my undergraduate at Marquette in Milwaukee, I landed up, I did go into business and um, came out in marketing and finance there. And uh, neither one of those really should have tied in together at that time because in finance, where that was the first field that, that I started my career in, um, finance was highly regulated at that time, so you really didn't need marketing. Ah. But um, it had turned out that in order to kind of get out of school in four years, you had to take a certain number of credits. Mm -hmm. and, and so I landed up kind of taking a couple of marketing courses and said, well, holy smokes, I could get both of these. So why not do it? And, and so I, I literally came out in marketing, 
which was probably at that time a bit of a more emphasis on, on advertising. Right. Yeah. And then um, also came out in finance and, and the area of finance where I, I tended to kind of specialize was in investment research and analysis. And so uh, went into uh, my first job, which I competed as an undergraduate for a, a program in uh, finance training at oh, a wow. large national bank in the United States. And uh, there were about 400 um, candidates for that, and 20 were selected. Two out of the 20 were selected on undergraduate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was uh, uh, a gentleman who uh, had gone to University of Wisconsin, Ripon. And uh, it was funny because he came out of undergrad in a um, political science. And here I came out of undergrad with, um, you know, a background in the marketing and finance. And he was given $1,000 more in salary. Outrageous, <gasps> oh, yes. <laughs> so it was really indicative of the times uh, at that, that time. So, um but I did come out, and, and that was a strong program. It was a leadership program, an executive program, and I spent a lot of time with the leadership of, of the bank. It was the 34th largest bank in the United States at that time, so we had a lot of exposure. Um, we had a lot of people that came in and talked about what was going on in the world. So that whole um, outlook, that yeah. whole outreach whether it be on the economic side or the social side of what was going on, um, we really we we talked about that over coffee in the morning yeah. with people. So, do you think some of that that business background that you had within within your studies and the finance then started to come into play in your early positions quite quickly? By the sounds of it, it actually did, and um, I think it was also. Uh, it contributed greatly to developing the poise and ability to articulate when you're talking to executive and senior managers. Yeah. You know, if you're doing this over a cup of coffee and, and you're putting a poppy seed donut in your mouth because you're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, <laughs> um, you know, you you become comfortable with uh, the exchange and the discussion. Yeah. And so that that was very beneficial. And then it was just becoming... I was coming out of undergrad, and so most of the other uh, uh, trainees, you know, had come out of an MBA program and some top programs in the country. And so I was able to not only get the field of finance, but I was able to get that MBA graduate um, and the way that their their kind of brain had developed and worked. So all around it, it was good, but um, what... I found uh, was was challenging for me was I was ready to get to work. Yeah. And I was in one more training program. <laughs> and and so I felt like I'd been training. I'd, I'd been through K through 12. I, I went to high school. I went to undergrad. And now I'm in a training program. When am I going to finally get to work? And, and so I landed up. I did... Um, leave the bank. And then about that time, my husband and I were engaged. And so we were moving down into the Chicago area. And, and that's when I moved in and, and took a job at, at the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. Right. And that was my first experience, I think, in uh, a change initiative. Yeah. Um, at that time, uh, the financial industry was undergoing deregulation. Right. And so we had to develop communication programs. And here, of course, 
course, I come out of marketing and finance. What do I know about communication? <laughs> so we were developing communication programs because under um, the new law, you would have not only banks reporting um, on, on their finances, you now were going to have credit unions and SNLs. And those cultures were very different mm. between the bankers who came in in their three-piece suits and the SNLs and, and credit unions who came in, you know, like with a shirt that, that had their company's logo on it. Mm. And so just the cultural nuances that you observed and, and how to make sure everybody um, got along in the sandbox and, yeah. and we could have a discussion and an exchange. So that, um, I think, was a little bit of a baptism by fire mm-hmm. uh, on the comm side, um, but enjoyed it. And, and again, being in the Federal Reserve, you're connected with economics, you're connected with the global mm-hmm. stage. Yeah. So you become and, real uh, adept at that. Yeah. And did you find a big difference from, from making the transition between what would have been pure marketing into market, uh, into communications? And then, of course, you know, I know, I know years ago when you and I first started talking, you worked very much in the Marcoms area. And that, yes. I think that was almost the catalyst back then to start talking about things as Marcoms yes. because that separation of marketing and communication started coming together a lot more. But you were kind of there before that was starting to happen. Because of baptism by fire. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're kind of like, you know, making the dance up as you're dancing. Um, which I think is a little better saying than building the plane while you're flying. (laughs) (laughs) The dance I can take a little bit better. Um, But that, that was exactly it. You know, a lot of things were already changing. And so the, the ways that had been used needed to evolve. Mm. Um, And so we were able to do that. I think that as I came out and looked and, and I, I would never dismiss um, the training and, and background of marketing and finance that I had, because I think, frankly, it taught me how to think about things and to accept things. But I think what I saw is I worked on, uh, whether I did just a being up job on a financial analysis or a fabulous strategic outlook in marketing, you know, when I turned it over to somebody to tell the story, they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I said, geez, Louise, none of this stuff goes anywhere if we don't communicate it to the people that have to hear about it. And so by this time, you know, we were starting our family. And, and of course, my husband was working on, on his first master's. And so I, I did take a brief hiatus mm-hmm. from the market. Um, and, you know, with the understanding, because I was in a non-traditional female field, that, that I would take a hit yep. in my um, career before that. Um, and so one of the ways that I minimized that hit when re-entering the market yeah. was that was when I went back and got my master's in, in uh, or common structure uh, out of Purdue University uh, in Indiana. And that allowed me to enter the market again yeah. and and really come in at a good point instead of I just was absent from the market for a while. Do you think there was big, big changes that had happened even in that short hiatus time where, you know, you, you've, you've stopped, yes. you had a family, and then you've re-entered? Obviously, you did that line of study. But did you know what was the biggest difference that you noticed, and what were some of those jobs that you did post that that time? Oh, I think some of the things, and and uh, I kept my toll in 
doing things. Yeah. On the not-for-profit side, when, when I say I take a hiatus from my career, I did work on a conference out of Purdue University that was called Expanding Career Horizons. And that conference, uh, we were really focused on getting young girls, girls 12, 13, and 14-year-old into STEM-related fields. Mm. So science, technology, um, engineering, and math. And that was a good fit for me, and, and I understood it. And um, so that also brings you in contact to with a lot of people who are have such a forward vision. Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking about putting girls in STEM. Good yeah. Lord, what are you thinking? <laughs> and, and, you know, so that that was very good. Um, and But that keeping my toe in it. Yeah. Kept the sanity, I think, you know, for, for when you're just kind of you know, taking care of three kids. Right? <laughs> yeah. But but that was, I, I think, instrumental. And then re-entering, um, I landed up uh, going more into, at that time, you didn't call it Marcom. No one would have right. known what Marcom was. Yeah. But it was kind of housed under marketing. Now, one of the things that I also found was that if you said that you had come out in comms, you know, people go, oh, come. Uh, you know, but, if, but if I said... Was that the, the look down the nose? <laughs> was the look. And then, you know, you really saw it in the salary. There was a, you know, yeah. But if you said you were coming out and, and you were going for a marketing job, there's probably about, in the U.S., uh, a $10,000 difference, difference in salary. And that's huge. And so, yeah, I, I said, well, you know what, I'm just going to say marketing. But I'll understand that I have to do some comms because of it. Mm. And so, but we were really seeing such growth in both marketing and cons at that time, that they were disciplines coming into themselves. Marketing wasn't going to be just about advertising. All of a sudden, the entire strategic element was being um, introduced. Research, which I landed up using my um, background in financial research and investment analysis, that then fed the research things that had to be done. And so it all started coming together, even though I, I would love to tell you how planned it was, but it was really staying alive yeah. at any given moment and grabbing the opportunities that kind of came along. That's brilliant. The, you know, when I, when I think about it, in your organization, Hyman Hills, you know, when you, you formed up your, your partnership, started focusing a lot on research once you started that organization what drove you towards actually that focus in research and I guess business insight as well with with organizations that you work with well what what, what made you transition into your, into own, that, into yeah, your own world into that, that wonderful area of context um, and I think that um, coming out of financial analysis and especially the investment side um, which we tend to think that that is quant, right? Mm-hmm. Quantitative analysis, and that it's all about ratios and things like that. And there's there are a lot of ratios, probably more than we need. But um, but the reality is, after we do all of that analysis um, on a stock or whatever it might be, we then look at who the leader of the company is. Right. We look at what they what are they thinking about five years down the line. Well, that's very qualitative, mm-hmm. and so you have that that you know, kind of intersection that has to occur. And that was when I started saying, I need this context. I need to understand historically what has this company said it was and and where does it want to go? Well, now we call that vision mission, right? And we say there are goal and objectives and then we have our values, right? And and all of those things. 
But at that point, we were just seeing that under development. And it was actually coming out of um, the business schools yeah. were, you know, the primary leaders in that. And so that was kind of, uh, you know, why, why can't we just take what they're doing in the business school and move it over on the comp side? And then we did have some outstanding leadership in, in IABC yeah. that, that kind of made that um, really hit the ground running. But uh, so, yeah, it really was watching what was going on and taking uh, we borrowed from sociology, political science. You know, the field of comms is is a melting pot. Right. So everybody should belong, you know, because there's there's a role for everybody. Yeah, I absolutely agree. The you know, as I'm hearing you talk there and you talk about your role in IABC as well. And that's an area we haven't touched on on yet. But. You've taken, you've got a whole bunch of experience, you, you've set up your own business, you're working with organizations, you're talking about the business, but you also have had gr- a great influence in the profession as a whole. Uh, and I think about, you know, and it's one of the reasons that I certainly call you a, a leader in our profession is because you have had that influence. You've um, the, the value study that you did many, yes. many, many years ago um, was a great Exercise in in understanding the value of things like certification and uh, and also the the um, global standard that was the, a project that you know you and I worked on uh, yes. uh, only six years ago. Yes, yeah. it, it's really helped change the profession um, through through IABC and the work that you did. What were some of the big I think lessons in doing those types of initiatives in? in increasing the value for communication professionals? Well, in particular, I think with the value of accreditation, you know, it was a solid program. Um, And yet, uh, at that time, uh, there were people who uh, would look at the experience they had and say, well, you know what, for instance, if they said that they, they, and and I was on a panel at at Boeing one time on, on this, and, uh, of course, you know, I, I teach out of an MBA program part-time at night. And, but there were other communicators. And the, one of the questions that came up and said, well, um, I, you got an MBA. How did, did you make more money? How did that impact yeah. your role? And a couple of other people on the panel said, you know, I don't know that the MBA was that important or crucial mm-hmm. You know, and and one in particular said, I I, I probably wouldn't go back and do it. You know, and and I kind of sat there and they were on either side of me and we were on these chairs where your legs and feet don't hit the ground, you know, so you're just kind of hanging on this chair. And I I remember, you know, finally the uh, facilitator. Uh, who was Connie Mays in Chicago. Uh, Uh, And and she looked and she said, well, Mary, what would you say about that? And, you know, I said, I I never have looked and discounted any opportunity or experience I've had. It all fits in somewhere. So I said, you know, I think that one of the keys is don't look back and sit there and say, I shouldn't have. It's all there already. It's done. You know, so, um, and and to, it, it really isn't about the money. It really is about getting it done. It's about the, can I contribute and can I advance? Yeah. And if I cannot, then I need to step away from the plate and, and let the next batter come up. But I, I think so often we're, we're looking for the magic bullet. Yeah. There yeah. is no magic bullet. <laughs> 
it's hard work, but if you can have fun doing it, yeah. you know, and, and we had a lot of fun on Career Roadmap. You know, there were a lot of hot, hot topics, you know, followed by a cocktail hour, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but we, we really listened to what people were mm-hmm. saying and that whole idea of listening to what someone's saying, putting yourself in their shoes so you could understand what you might be missing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the key things that we have to see now is we always call in, in the U.S., we always do, we have to reach across the aisle. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the key things that, that as compros, I think that we're going to always be yeah. expected to do now. And this is, I mean, this is the type of work that really has helped set our professional standards for the future. I mean, this is work that's been used in the global certification, um, developing things like the IABC Academy. It's worked well for for us within the Center for Strategic Communication Excellence yes. to look at what are the, the the training, the courses, the insights that we need to provide. So I think there's it's really evolutionary stuff that was worked on, but very leading edge even even back, back then. then. And now we're hearing, yes. hearing more talk around we should have one certification for the the profession and all of those, which are kind of pipe dream stuff. But, you know, we've we've moved a long way back when we didn't even know what comms was to Mm -hmm. now we're saying it is gaining its place as a valuable um, discipline. Function. Function for organisations. So I'll give you an opportunity now as as somebody who is leading our profession to give some advice to to up-and-coming communication professionals what's some of the things they should be doing to help position them as that valuable contributor to their organizations? Well, I think we have another, uh, quite a few forces um, at play. And I think that uh, I like the word evolution, you know, and, and, and I tend to even in change, um, going into companies and, and kind of managing change for them. It It's not change its evolution and you know i mean human beings our whole life is evolution we grow old right that's not a bad thing that's evolution so i think if if you can keep in your mind you know that it's a natural progression and how do you contribute in advance to anything along the way in terms of communication professionals, I, I think that they've really got to focus on the strategic. Yeah. Um, we know is, is we're working on that, that wonderful 2019 Communicating AI survey um, and the development of, of um, the Communicating AI playbook. Uh, we see that, you know, some of those tactical things, uh, we're, we're going to have them done uh, by software, you know, and, and machines are going to learn, you know, they're still going to need us, right, to, to do the thinking part and the feeling part. And that's a good thing um, because we'll be able to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And so I think anything you can do on that front to understand that evolution of, of things, whether it be in AI, machine learning, the field. But I think overall, um, I think the one thing that that compros uh, are the things that come natural to us. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that that we listen and we hear stories and we can articulate those stories to such a greater degree Mm -hmm. than than a lot of professionals. And to make sure that we articulate them um, in words that can be understood and, and really are meaningful. And I think that means that that we have to integrate. Yeah. We are the ones 
companies that I was with, I would leave and people would say, oh, you know so-and-so in that company? I'd go, yeah, I worked on this, I worked on that. And, and they were like, how do you know all those people? Because they integrated. Yeah. I walked down the aisles and, and, and I crossed the aisles yeah. to the, the groups that, you know, the engineers and the technicians who, who really needed comms, you know, and he said, so, so draw me a schematic. Yeah. I, yeah. Talk to me in your language and I'll figure it out. I may be a little slow on the draw, but I'll get there. <laughs> and, and I think that's the crossing the aisle. That's the integration. Yeah. And and I think it's respect for, for what the other functions and, and professions bring. So I think a lot of that is, um, I don't think it's rocket science that I, that I would provide that guidance. I think it, it's just really easy to understand that those are the skills we are so fabulous at doing. Yeah. Um, and and then articulating what all of those stories and messages are. Yeah, that's a the really wise 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 words, Mary. Uh, I, and I, I think back to times when I worked in in organisation. I remember Ericsson, two thousand employees. And I think I knew just about every everyone. Of names. <laughs> that's right. so, and as you're talking there, I go, "Oh my gosh!" That so resonates so because. You know, when you're in that position of connecting the drop, the dots for them and helping them gain voice for their story, um, I think it's just such an important role. Well, what a, what an amazing journey you've been on, Mary. And I and I, at, at such a young age, at such a young age, a young age. What are you going to do for the next forty years, Mary? Is what I want to know. <laughs> Look, I, I thank you so much for taking your time out while you're in Melbourne. I know you're in uh, Melbourne uh, on on holiday um, and. Also also doing some business with the, the centre, um, but you're also going to get to speak with the, the IABC folk this week. And, uh, yes, and a bit of a luncheon I am on so AI. looking forward to that. <laughs> yes, we're doing a roundtable um, and on AI. Uh, it's <laughs> so, great. Um, that'll be good. Yeah. That'll be good. It'll be fun. So thanks so much, Mary, for taking the time out today and, and speaking with me. And thanks, everybody, for joining us for uh, a view from the top. Look forward to seeing you all next time. If you need any resources help, please check out the website and you should be able to download the uh, the ai results very soon on our website so uh, thank you for everybody joining us and thank you again mary and talk to you next time my pleasure bye-bye Take care.